to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. Good morning, dear family. How are you doing? I pray that you're doing well. It's good to be with you. Um, it is the Queenship of Mary in the, uh, in the Novus Ordo calendar. Um, it is the Immaculate Heart of Mary on the uh, calendar of the Extraordinary Form. And we follow the monastic office of St. Benedict, and it is the Feast of St. Timothy. So what a day. It's terrific. <laughs> um, we have been reading through some distressing uh, information, and it is uh, based on a book that I came across, which is based on the current situation in the United States, not what is coming, but what is current and what is coming. And so I've been sounding the alarm a little bit. Uh, the title of the book which I agree with, is get out now. Get your children out of public school now. And the subtitle is why you should pull your child from public school before it's too late. And the fact is, this book was written, I think, two years ago. It's already too late in many cases. I read a summary of the book by Jim Russell uh, on the online crisis magazine uh, website. And it's, uh, well, I guess eye-opening is, is an old expression. Uh, it, it's still shocking. It's so awful. And uh, I read through that article a couple of days this week. And yesterday, I began uh, reading an article about two California moms who sound the alarm about lewd sex ed coming to schools. They're in California. It's already there. This is from the Daily Signal, which also I found online. The Daily Signal. And it's a, an interview um, by a man. Let me read the, uh, the opening paragraph again to you. In California, thanks to the passage of a new law, there is now what is called comprehensive sex ed. And it's extremely unpleasant stuff. Today, we'll speak to two parents from Rockland, California, who are leading parent opposition in their community to what they consider obscene and pornographic curriculum. They explain um, the concerning details about uh, the content that could um, soon reach more classrooms uh, across America. This is so important. I would love to reread it to you, but I will not do that. I want to go on with the article with you. So again, you can uh, look up the Daily Signal from August 15th, the Feast of the Assumption of this year, August 15th, 2019, um, an interview conducted by Danielle Davis, uh, Danielle Davis, D-A-V-I-S, um, or you could listen to yesterday's podcast from Mother Miriam Live, 
but I'm going to go on today. As I began reading the beginning of this interview yesterday, I was um, hesitant to consent to continue because of the language that is here of the description of what is being taught elementary school children. Um, talking about, I'm going to repeat the words, I can't stand it, anal and oral sex. I can't stand saying it. And if you're listening, uh, you um, may say, Mother Miriam, come on, you got to find different language or you got to sum things up and not, not be that explicit. The fact is that your children in public school are su- subject to this six or eight hours a day. They are, they are brought to pornographic pictures of these forms of sex. Um, they are from kindergarten up uh, taught to discover who they are, what gender, and who they want to be. And whoever they decide to call themselves, male, female, or trans, whatever they want to call themselves is what everyone else must call them. Uh, so if a, a boy who wants to be a girl wants to go into the girl's restroom, uh, he can, and nobody could stop him. It's, it's pure evil. Uh, when I was young, I loved science fiction. I don't love it anymore, but I did love it then. Flash Gordon, I'll date myself with those of you who know Flash Gordon. Um, no more. This is Twilight Zone uh, live. This is Twilight Zone Live, and the interview, Daniel Davis, uh, continues. Um, uh, Let's see. Um, They had talked yesterday about parents having an introduction to their children's education, but they don't. They show them it's a one hour of introduction to a 13-hour course, and they're exposed to 13 videos, and awful stuff that the one-hour introduction not only does not tell them about, but hides from them, would not even show them. And so parents, it ends by saying, also don't understand that there is a list of resources that our kids are given. I don't even like the word kids instead of saying children, but I'm simply reading this. And if you follow those links, you go down this rabbit hole that leads to some pretty shocking things. And Daniel Davis says, you mentioned a few of those things. This is something, Daniel speaking, this is something that we've seen in several school districts across the country. A couple of months ago, we had a lady who was fighting a similar battle in Arlington, Virginia, public schools, and really concerning material. And uh, Daniel goes on to say, you mentioned... There are only, you mentioned there being only 20 parents at the initial conference, or 20 parents out of, um, I'm trying to get the population of the school, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of students, and only 20 parents showed up for the, um, the introduction. Um, Even among those who showed up, uh, Daniel says, were they concerned? Did they express objections? And if so, how were those responded to? He's asking Courtney and Rachel, who he's interviewing. Courtney says this, 
um, definitely. In other words, they did express objections. Well, thanks be to God for that. Um, Courtney says, at the meeting, the parents who were there were concerned, most of them, uh, most of them, she says, were concerned. She said, but like I said, there were only 20 parents in the room. So I put upon myself, saying, to text pretty much everyone that I knew and let them know. And she said in her text, hey, guys, did you realize what's in here? And I went on and took some screenshots and sent them around. Of course, parents, when they find out, they are shocked. I tell you, beloved, my comments here, you need to find out before you enroll your children, not after. Not after they've already been exposed to what they will never, ever forget to what will affect them the rest of their life, even if, it was, even if it was five minutes. And Courtney says, uh, there's just so many parents that don't know. And that's why for me, um, uh, and our group, that's one of our main objectives, is just to educate parents because, of course, parents should know. No matter how they feel about this, they need to know what's happening in their kids' classrooms. Beloved, um, I'm telling you, it's, it's absolutely pure evil. I'll continue. Um, Daniel Davis, the interviewer, says, what would you say are some of the most concerning parts of the curriculum to you? Now, normally, beloved... If I get an article like this, I read one or two things, I sum it up, and I just let you uh, find out the rest or figure out what it's all about. I'm not going to do that here um, because it's, it's absolutely awful. And I don't want this to be a pornographic um, sex ed Mother Miriam live program. I'm reading you what hundreds and thousands or millions of parents are exposing their children to. And so you can't stand a few sentences or a half hour uh, that you are subjecting your children to debauchery all the time they're in school, certainly with every sex ed class and everything else. It's terrible. Um... Courtney says, um, of course, parents, when they find out, are shocked. There's just so many parents that don't know, and that's why, um, that's why they're exposing this. Um, they need parents to know what is in their, the classroom of the children they're sending to school. And Daniel says, what would you say are some of the most concerning parts of the curriculum to you? And Courtney says, it's a tough question. We find more and more every day, believe it or not. She says, there's a sex ed toolkit that's available to teachers to use and present to their students where they have a whole page on sex toys. I'm, I'm getting nauseous reading this to you. Don't let your children be hearing this radio program. I'm getting nauseous reading this to you. And adults should not have sex toys. And these are children in elementary school. 
that they're introducing them to all this. They teach the kids, Courtney says, about the different materials that those sex toys might be made of. They tell the kids to be sure to clean them before passing it off to a partner or moving from... I don't know what to do about this sentence. Or moving from one hole to another. I tell you what, I I can hardly... Um, I can hardly uh, stand to go on with this. It's so debased. It is so... I, I, I was going to read you the whole interview. I'm not. Can you imagine? I can't even bear... I've read the whole thing. I can't bear to read it out loud to you. It is absolutely demonic. It's not simply... It's, we're not talking immodest. We're talking demonic. It is demonic. It is the devil that wants to destroy the family, and he begins with the children. There's no other explanation for it. He'll go through the teachers. No teacher in that school um, who has any moral compass would be teaching that course, or she wouldn't be teaching in the school that has a course like that. It's absolutely demonic. So that's why I say, beloved... um, I'm not going to continue with this article. I do suggest that you get this book. It's going to have everything in it, um, and you can you can read it. But the but the interview I was reading, um, I'm looking for something else for you. The interview I was reading um, uh, are from two parents in Rockland, California. This is already. Um, uh, feta complete, as they say, it's already done. It's already done. And you're sending your children, those who go to that school and that county, uh, public schools, you are, the minute you drop your children off from school in the morning, you are sending them into Satan's hands. I can't put it any clearer. You're sending them straight into Satan's hands. And you say, but it's just one class. Well, a school that would be that immoral, I wouldn't trust anything else they teach um, or the morality of the teachers that teach there. Um, But the fact is, can you opt them out? I think you probably can, but in some schools you can no longer opt them out, and that's just for a time. You're not going to be able to opt them out uh, very long. And... um, if you do up, uh, you can the ridicule, uh, shaming everything going to be back to. Um, I would get your child out of that school, and you say, "Well, they're starting school next week. What do I do?" You quit your job, you go home, you call homeschooling parents, and you quickly say, "Can tell me what book to get? Tell me to how to start this? Can my child over to?" until I get together the week starting school do what you have to don't send them into Satan's system God has given you your children as a stewardship he has not given them to the schools including Catholic schools or charter schools which are also public schools he has not given them to the schools he's not given them to the church if you're sending them to a Catholic school I want to, I, I'd love to say that's terrific but uh, in too many cases, 
that really has been worse through the years than public school. Why? Because the children think they're getting a Catholic education, and they're not. And so they go to college, and they leave the church, but they were never part of it. They never knew what it was. Uh, if they go to public school, at least they know they didn't attend Catholicism. However, uh, I mean, a Catholic school should not be Catholic one hour a day in religion class. It's either Catholic or it's not. Every class should begin with prayer. Uh, the, the school should dress, and if you have uniforms, you shouldn't disgrace little girls by having them wear skirts halfway up their thighs. You should not shame them like that. The skirts need to be below the knees. They must be. The boys wear long pants and the skirts, the girls come half naked. You're shaming them, you're teaching them immodesty, and the inferior beings and bodies are not sacred. It's, it's an awful thing. If you have Catholic school, it be God, but don't assume it's good. Go and find out the curriculum. There are Catholic schools um, that have adopted the core program from the government, and it is debased. It is a lie. It is geared to, quote, unquote, dumb down your children. Um, uh, don't do it. Make sure that the Catholic school or the private school or the public school that you send your children to is moral and upright and teaching the true history of the country and truly um, and has no debased sex ed classes. Your children do not need sex ed. That is your responsibility, mom and dad. And if you don't know how, you're shy or you don't know where to begin, plenty of books out there from good Catholic publishers. Get them. You need to go to your Catholic pastor, especially if he's a good and holy man, and ask him for help. There are homeschooling communities. Even if you don't homeschool your child, they can suggest good materials for you, for your children. But I tell you what, uh, don't say, look into it. You can't get into it. Uh, you, I send your child into a satanic situation while you look into it, that is the height of responsibility and stupidity, I have to say. You can't do anything. You need to keep your children in school until you know what they're going to be taught. Giving the children away, God has given you praise his kingdom, and you're giving over madness and debauchery. It's going to ruin their souls. Look at our generation. It's awful. And the generation to come, it's going to be worse. So I'm not going to continue reading that article from The Signal um, online. Uh, that interview, it, it gets worse, and I'm not going to read it to you over the air. Um, but you can look it up online. You can get the book, this book, Get Out Now. Um, I urge you to get it and to make it your reading. Um, what I will do uh, is go to the appendix, and the appendix has tons of questions of parents who would have question number, and, and it gives not read the appendix, so I'll with you.
should I work with this? I went to school and my kids do. Well, I tell you what, that's a legitimate question. And these are all legitimate questions that parents have. But I say anyone who asks that question today must be living in the middle of a utopia, not uh, not in any major city of the United States, to even ask that question. I went to public school, and I'm fine. May have been fine there, but my kids will be too. No, absolutely no. And um, it, it's no longer the age where your kids will be too. Um, it's happening. Do you remember some years ago there was a book by Alvin Toffler called Future Shock, where everything happened simply overnight. And I liken it no longer to the frog in warm water, which I've, I'll just repeat for those who may not know that um, little illustration. Uh, if you put a frog, you put a pot on your stove, you put a little frog in the pot, and um, he's very happy because it's it's warm water, it's his body temperature, and he's swimming around. And you put the light on underneath the pot, this large pot, and you put it on simmer. It's just so low that the water heats up so gradually, and as it heats up so imperceivably to the dog, his body adjusts temperature of the water until he boils to death without it. Um... That is the situation, I believe, of our culture, our Catholic culture today, in the world, boiling to death at the boiling point. But what I'm speaking about with the schools is more urgent. It is what I've given before also, forgive me for repeating this too soon, for those who haven't heard, it is the, it's the French parable of a lily in a pond, and the lily uh, you put the lily in water all by itself, and it doubles in size each day. So you put this little little lily in the water, and it doubles in size each day. Well, let's suppose the pond is the size of your home. And the lily grows not by addition, but by uh, multiplication exponentially. And so you put the lily in your bathtub, and... Um, in in two days, it's twice the size. Let's say it's a tiny lily. You have, forget the bathtub, say the pool. Say your pool, let's say you have a pool or imagine one. You put the lily in the pool. It looks like a speck. You can't even see it. The next, it's twice the size. Still a little speck, but it doubles in size each day. Now, here's the question. If it takes the lily 29 days to cover half the pool, to get that large by multiplying each day to cover half the pool, in how many days will that lily cover the entire pool? Some of you I know already saying, well, you got another 29 days. That's the point. You don't have another 25 days. I know some of you got it right. You've got one day. It's got half the pool covered, and in... One more day, it doubles in size, it'll cover the entire pool. And I think that's where we're at with the schools. I think we're at, at minimum, tw the 28th day. At minimum, the 28th day. 
if not the 29th. We have no time. There's no time. In fact, um, uh, there's a, a, a um, one of the stories in the screw tape level. I don't know if it's in the screw tape le uh, letters by C.S. Lewis, but it's a story about Satan training his disciples. He's mimicking our Lord Jesus Christ. So he sends them out two by two to tempt everybody. And so the little baby demons go out, little little kids, and they come back and we told them, we told them there was no God. We told them, and and uh, the, not Satan necessarily, but the sergeant demon, the trainer, the teacher says, no, 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 come on. They know there's a God. You're not going to get anywhere with that one. That's just too obvious. That's not going to tempt them for anything. And so they go out again and come back and they say, we told them the church was false, the Bible's not true, all of that. And he said, no, you know, they're not going to pay attention to you. That's that's ridiculous. They know better. And so they went out a third time and they came back and they said, trainer, there's time. And they said, now you go. Now you, there's time. Tell them there's time. That's the temptation of the devil. Beloved, there's, I'm not an alarmist. I'm reading to you. There's no time. Get your children out of schools. Learn to teach the middle. At no matter cost, no matter the sacrifice, God has given them to you to raise for heaven, not to buy bicycles and dolls and everything else, but to raise them for heaven. We'll be right back, beloved. There's the music for our break. Feel free to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 511 Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com and may God bless you. St. Alphonsus Liguari said, we must show charity toward the sick who are in greater need of help. Many in our world today are spiritually sick and could learn about the healing power of God by listening to Catholic Radio. 
If you've worked hard and have been blessed financially, consider leaving a bequest to the Station of the Cross. Please speak with your financial advisor or lawyer for more information. We also welcome you to contact us about a bequest so that we can help Catholic Radio continue spreading the love of God throughout our world. Call 1-877-888-6279. That's 1-877-888-6279. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. It's good to be with you. We have now a whole half hour to ourselves. And um, I know the first half hour was pretty with uh, subject about the evil penetrating our schools. It ha- didn't happen overnight. It's been gradual it, because it's been a long time. Many parents have given up parenting. And we have let the schools run their and children. Um, it's the parents who should have the say about the curriculum. The teachers serve the family, and uh, they've become a tyrants, the schools, over the family. Uh, and you can't have it anymore. You can't have it anymore. You make the decision. You will never be able to stand before God and say, well, my husband and I had to work, both of us, and that's why we had to keep our children in public school, even though we knew uh, that they were shown an oral sex and that. You will not be excused. You will not be excused for God. God did your children for you who work two jobs. He gave you children to raise for the kingdom, to know God and to love him and to live with him, for him, uh, in this world and be happy with him in the next. Uh, There will be no excuse for that, beloved. I know there's many uh, different situations, millions of them, and hardships, and I acknowledge that, but there are many, many parents who have a choice. And um, uh, no child should go to bed at night without the parent knowing what that child learned that day, explicitly what that child learned that day. And if a child says, well, Mom, uh, the teacher showed us all these sex toys and told us how to use them, uh, are you going to say, oh, dear, all right, honey, uh, be careful. What are you going to do? If you send your child to school the next day, you need to go to confession. You are destroying a child of God. That child is God's child, and you are a steward of that child, and you will answer to God for what you've done with the heart of that little little girl or boy. Okay, we have an email from Joan who says, Thank you, Mother, for this wake-up call. I'm a mother of five um, adult and miraculously still practicing Catholic children despite my failing of sending them to public schools. Well, uh, Joan, I'm going to guess if they're adults now, uh, what I'm speaking about may not have existed in those public schools then. 
uh, certainly not in any degree as it is now. Um, I went to public school, too. I, I wasn't aware of immorality. Uh, and again, we were in the world and not of it as a Jewish family, for sure. But we we didn't put up with immorality. If if we had to wear short skirts, we wouldn't wear them. We would not wear them. Um, but um, it was it was. Uh, I want to say it, the world was moral, uh, at least what we were aware of. Um, Joan says, not far, um, not far into your program on Monday, that is, I found that for $14.95, I could and did purchase this book on Kindle and am waiting for the end of your program to start reading it. This book, beloved, is the book that says, get your children out now before it's too late. She says, God bless you, mother. Respectfully, Joan. Thank you, Joan. Blessed be God. Of course, your children are now grown and outside the home, but maybe they have children and they can read the book for their children. We have a text from someone who writes in anonymously. Hold on a moment. Okay, thank you. Um, and, and says, Hello, Mother. My wife does not see eye to eye with me on many issues regarding raising our children and she disagrees with many of the church's teachings. We were in our late 20s when married, and married in the church, but neither of us were practicing Catholics. I want to stop right there and say shame on that priest. Shame on whatever priest married you. He should not have. You're in the church, and you're not practicing Catholics, and he's uniting the two of you uh, in a union that you don't even agree with the church's teaching, which means you'll probably use contraception. Uh, I, that priest is going to be accountable. And um, he says, I have become more religious over the past few years. Thanks be to God. How do I raise my children the way God would want while hopefully keeping our marriage together? I feel we disagree on many things about the faith. Well, you know you disagree on many things about the faith because your wife does not believe the faith. Both of you are not practicing Catholics. And so now, if God is restoring you to the faith uh, or opening your heart to receive and to love and to live the truth, you need to be very, very careful about it. Uh, you need to love your wife. Don't argue with her on a single thing. Don't argue with her about the faith because you have the faith now in measure, and she does not. She's not going to understand. She'll be arguing with you from a merely secular point of view. She does not believe it. Now, I don't know if uh, if your wife comes from a Protestant background. I have no idea about it, but um, you're going to disagree on the things of the faith. That's for sure. But to the extent that you learn what the truth is, dear one, you must live it. To the extent that you know what the truth is, you must live it. You cannot impose it on your wife, but nor can she oppose sin on you. And you need to say to her, sweetheart, faith is a gift, and God has given it to me in greater measure than I've had it before. And as a Catholic, I see now things that I didn't understand before. And you could say to her in our marital relationship, 
the Catholic Church um, teaches that contraception, uh, abortion, all the life issues are intrinsically evil. So, sweetheart, um, we will need to practice, at the very least, natural family planning, which is to say, during your most fertile times, we cannot be intimate. And she may blow up in anger and do all of that and say, you know, and she said, she may say, live your faith, that's your business, don't impose it on me. And you're going to say, well, I want to impose nothing on you, but I don't want to send you to hell either. And I need to obey God, otherwise I'm sending us all to hell. I'm not living by my preference, I'm living by God's commandments. And so during your fertile times, we may not be intimate. And we'll be right back after the break. I don't want to continue, and uh, I'll finish this answer right after the break. Beloved, call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. You may text at that number or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved. To High Catholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together. We have a good 15 minutes ahead of us, so feel free. Our lines are wide open. Call in with anything that's on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at and you can um, text at that toll-free number as well. I'm going to reread an email that we took just before the break. This is a situation that many couples face. Uh, someone has texted anonymously and says, My wife does not see eye to eye with me on many issues regarding raising our children, and she disagrees with many of the church's teachings. We were in our late 20s when married and married in the church, but neither of us were practicing Catholics. And I already said prior to the break, the priest who married you should never have married you and will be accountable for... Um, um, I don't know how to, what word to choose, not living his vocation, not caring about your souls and not caring about uh, God's holiness. Um, he, if he knew that about you, he should never have married you. If he didn't know about you, he should never have married you because he should understand who he's marrying. And this gentleman says, I've become more religious over the past few years. How do I raise my children in the way God would want while hopefully keeping our marriage together? I feel we disagree on many things about the faith. Uh, in general, for any couple, any couple who marry and then one comes to the faith later in your marriage and you have children and now you want to live the truth. Um, two things I would say very strongly. Number one is if you're a husband, you live the faith by being the most loving, attentive, servant, head of the home, husband, you could possibly be. Let your wife see that your faith, the faith that God has enabled you to grow in and have, has not separated you from her, but made you a man of God leading the family that any woman would wish. Um, and if it is the wife of the family of the couple who has come to faith and her husband is is not and all kinds of problems there your job dear one is to be the best the holiest the most loving wife you could possibly be to your husband let him take the lead even if he's poor at it don't control don't boss him around don't tell him what he should do be a loving submissive doesn't mean a wash rag uh, um, it means to, to live the vocation God has given you and trust God to lead your family through your husband. And if that is too difficult a situation, depending upon what it is, um, then you do what you need to do, but in love, in love. When it comes to the morals of the faith, you may not compromise. And so this uh, husband writing in here for this text um, if you've come to the faith, then you know, regardless of what you've done before, you must not practice contraception. You must not. You can teach your wife about natural family planning. You could tell her about it. She may not be open to it. She may say, if you do this, I'm leaving you. You're going to have to let her leave you. 
rather than to commit sin. You're going to need to let her leave you rather than commit sin. And you could say to her, sweetheart, um, Kenneth, you at least look at the issues uh, that are taught by the Catholic faith who, who believe they didn't make this up, but it's it's what God gave. Um, uh, and God gave it throughout all the scripture. This isn't a Catholic uh, new rule that's come up over the past 2,000 years. Uh, it's anyone that used contraceptive of any kind, even in the Old Testament, was put to death. Um, life, it's contraception, it's against life, and life is in God's hands. And you can get a book called Bi- The Bible and Birth Control. It's a fantastic book. Um, if you look on the back cover, you'd think that it was written, these are all um, traditional Catholics. The fact is that they are Protestant comments. Um, and I know a Protestant family who had seven children, and they, uh, the wife's life would be in danger if she had another one. Um, and they, um, uh, they were, of course, practicing birth control, and I gave them that book, Bible and Birth Control, and they both read it. They weren't Catholic. They are now, but they both read it. They were not Catholic, and they never wanted to touch the pill or contraception again. The pill is not simply an abortifacient. It it can kill you all by itself. It can prevent you, even when you go off it, from ever having children. It can cause you cancer. Look it up online. There's all kinds of problems with the birth control pill. Um, it will, it can basically destroy you. So, um, uh, but no matter what it is, um, uh, you, dear husband of this wife, you must pack, practice the truth and don't do it as a fanatic. Um, do it as a loving husband with a broken heart for, for introducing any practice or non-practice that would hurt your marriage. Say, sweetheart, I would lay down my life for you. I don't want anything to come between us, but I do believe there's a God, and this is mortal sin. This is mortal sin. It's not for you mortal sin, sweetheart, because it's grave sin, but it's not mortal for you because you don't believe it. But God has brought me to believe it, and to whom much is given, much is required. If I go against it to keep our marriage together, I'm choosing you over God. And the day I choose you over God, you no longer have a fit husband. So that's, that's my response, dear one. Uh, we have an email from Elizabeth who says, Mother Ave Maria, is there anything we as Catholics can do to truly honor and defend our older brothers and sisters in the faith, as St. Pope John Paul II called our Jewish family, our elder uh, brothers, during which, during such banal times as we live in? There's absolutely something you could do. It's what the Apostle Paul told us to do, to make the Jews jealous. How do we make them jealous? By having a faith, a reason to live, a purpose that, the, that unbelieving Jews don't have. That's why. By believing in the Messiah and doing nothing to, um, to advertise publicly that 
our faith is private or uh, our faith is kept to Sundays. No. You see, if you dress modestly, you will be a witness to the Jewish people. Modestly. Women, nothing sleeveless, nothing tight, nothing low cut. Low cut is anything over two inches from your neck. Um, Nothing above the knees. Uh, Modest. If you dress modestly, they will notice that. If you speak modestly, your language is good and holy and pure and not debased, they will notice that. If you go shopping on Sunday, their day is Sabbath. Your day of rest is not the Sabbath, it's Sunday. And you go to the balls on Sunday, they won't be interested in your faith, no matter what you say or do, because they keep the Sabbath. And if you don't keep your supposed day of rest to honor God, why should they be interested? But if you don't go shopping and you don't go to the beach and you don't do all that on Sunday and you stay home with your family and you don't go to restaurants to make other people serve you and work on Sunday and you live your faith as people of character, you will evangelize the Jewish people and the Muslims, by the way. You will evangelize them. And then you need to know your faith. So when it comes to Easter... You need to be able to say to them, Happy Pesach, Happy Passover to you. And I want you to know that we as as Catholics believe that Easter is the resurrection of the Passover lamb. You will blow them away with that sentence. They'll have no idea what you're talking about. They'll have no idea there's any connection. Resurrection of the Passover lamb, what are you talking about? They have no idea. And you can do it easily with proper opportunity, um, and if your life matches what you say, you'll be a great witness to them and everyone else, by the way. We have an email from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, excuse me, my husband is in a period of discernment about entering the Catholic Church. That's great. We were married in the church three years ago and have two lovely children both baptized in the church. He has been coming to Mass regularly with me for the last two and a half years. Now again, if you were both married in the church, you're hopefully not practicing contraception. Um, You say he has been coming to Mass regularly with me for the last two and a half years. He first showed interest in converting about a year and a half ago, but his work schedule has made it difficult to attend RCIA, and he has had a lot on his plate. We have reached out to our priest about doing RCIA individually um, for him, and our priest was very accommodating. He is also a good priest who teaches the true precepts of the church. The only problem is that my husband wants to read everything he can about the faith before starting RCIA. I want to tell you, beloved, right in the middle of your email, so would I. I would never attend an RCIA class unless I were ready to really seriously consider joining the church. Um, Otherwise, I wouldn't have any part of it. So... I respect your husband for that. 
and you say, I keep telling him that he doesn't need to become an expert on the church before going to RCIA. Well, there's a difference between being an expert versus knowing what the church teaches. So my first question is, do you have any advice for him? He wants to make sure that he believes everything the church teaches before converting. That's a man of honor. You've got a good husband. Yes, I do have advice for him. Give him the catechism to read. It's not a deeply scholarly work. It's a work for us, for the average person can read that. It's a devotional book, in fact, and it will tell him what the Catholic Church teaches. Um, Let him read the catechism, and if I knew his background, I might be able to suggest uh, other books. The book that had the most impact on me personally, out of 200 books with my looking into the Catholic faith, was The Spirit of Catholicism by Carl, K-A-R-L, Adam, A-D-A-M. The Spirit of Catholicism by Carl Adam. It's back in print. I get it, give him those two books, unless he has a particular, a, a particular problem area, such as Mary or Communion of the Saints, and, and you can, in that case, give Catholic... Answers a call, catholic.com on the web, and speak to any apologist and or look in their look in their shop, and they've got tons of materials. She says, my second question is this. My husband tries to live as a good Catholic would in many ways, but he, like most of us, has his sins that he's working on, getting rid of. Good. My heart would be much more at rest if he would just convert so that he could get to confession. Um, and be in a state of grace. I also think he would have more success in conquering sin if he could receive the Eucharist. Well, there's no question about all that. Absolutely no question about all that. Would it be better for him to convert as soon as possible, or is it better not to rush it? It is better not to rush it. If God is calling him, let it be in God's time. You cannot rush your husband. He seems to be an honest man, a man of integrity, And don't rush anything, because otherwise um, you're going to tell him that you could be Catholic and be a hypocrite. You could be Catholic just by believing certain things and not others. No, no. Don't give him that message. She says, I don't want to push him, and then don't. I don't want to push him, and he knows that I want him to convert for the right reasons. Good. Not just to please me. Good. But now that he has shown interest in converting, I'm just dying to get the ball rolling. Thank you in advance for your advice. Anonymous, stay out of it, beloved wife. Stay out of it. Be the best, holy, loving Catholic wife you could be. Help him when he asks you only. And stay out of it. And don't rush him. Uh, Leave him to God, beloved. You live your faith. God bless you all. And we'll speak with you tomorrow.